I will say though, I really wish deep fried cheese curds were a health food. It would, yeah, would, for sure. So awesome, man. I, I like, would just eat cheese curds for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like if you could just live on it, and not die, it would be fantastic. Well, I mean, you can live on it until you die. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, true. You're going to die anyway. So you want a life where you care or you just eat cheese curds all so day? Have fun with cheese curds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. citizens of earth welcome to the accelerative rust podcast i'm dan and i'm eric and today we are going to interview not one but two guests claire nunez and cal from dryad yep. uh, but before we uh get to that i just want to remind everybody that we are streaming on a bunch of different platforms including spotify content made right Transistor, uh, we're on Google, uh, we're on Amazon, and uh, I believe that that's it for now, correct, Eric? That's right. And uh, so, yeah, uh, search for us. Uh, we also have official pages on Instagram and Facebook. Hit us up if you're in a local band and you would like to um, have us review your record, or if you or you know somebody uh, that wants to be interviewed, that's either in a band or part of the local scene somehow, uh, just let us know. Send us a message or um, hit us up in the comments. Before we get to the interview, I would like to cover a couple of very important current events, life-changing current events. Oh, it's uh, the first one that I, I, just, I feel like we just really need to start off with some finger-licking good or finger-licking bad news. I, I tend to think this is finger licking bad. I don't even know why I would suggest it's good news. Actually, two men were arrested for uh, <laughs> the illegal smuggling of Kentucky fried chicken, KFC. And this is in yeah. New Zealand. Mm -hmm. It's because of the COVID-19 lockdown rules. Oh, yeah. So it kind of makes more sense yeah. when you put it in that context. They mm -hmm. were arrested trying to enter the city of Auckland with Kentucky fried chicken, which uh, all the restaurants, I think, uh, are on lockdown there. So hmm. they, uh, I don't know where they got their illegal, the black market KFC from. <laughs> I want to warn everybody, do not go to Auckland with KFC. That would be very bad. It's not a good outcome. <laughs> do you have any uh, KFC stories at all, Eric? Uh, no, not really. No, I don't. But I will say this week, for whatever reason, I got way into Mad Max. <laughs> oh, yeah. I watched uh, Fury Road last Thursday, and then I watched um, all the other ones since then and over the weekend. So when I read about this, I know that New Zealand is not Australia, but uh -huh. uh, I think the um, accents are similar. And so I just instantly thought of like a Fury Road type situation with the KFC instead of um, gasoline or whatever. So yeah, I just I just imagine the cops chasing them through the, the desert and in these uh, really elaborate tank cars and stuff. It made the story a little more interesting, but also yeah. um, not real. So yeah. <laughs> do you think um, you think they had the sides with it, like the mashed potatoes and biscuits and honey? Yeah, and from what I read, they had they only had like three buckets of chicken. 
Uh-huh. They had a bunch of sides huh. and then they had like $70,000. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Now that, that part I did not see. I mean, I guess I didn't get that far because I'm still, I just, <laughs> I had to stop at black market KFC, you know, just like right there. I'm just like, wow. I don't understand. Like, okay. So let's say that all the restaurants here where I'm at in Iowa city were closed. I, I seriously couldn't drive to like Riverside and get something to eat and bring bring it back home. Like, I don't understand how food is black market anyway. Yeah. It's not it's, an illegal thing. It's yeah. not stolen that we know of. Yeah. So like, it, what's like, the big deal? <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It is very, um, I mean, that is really totalitarian, like right there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. When you really think about it, that's it's pretty crazy people are going to start defending the biscuits um because those biscuits they used to be really good i mean oh yeah they're not i i i don't know i oh i i guess i haven't really had kfc to speak of that recently well i think they just replaced all bread with chicken breasts anyway (laughs) yeah probably what i heard well i know that they had the um i think it's called the double down sandwich which is like the patties are like literally two fried chicken breasts with like bacon and cheese and all kinds of stuff. Now, if that, if that wasn't, if there was no breading on the chicken and it was grilled, it would be a low carb meal. (laughs) So I guess it would be healthy. uh, Yeah. Depending on who you talk to. Um, But uh, with all that breading included, uh, Mm -hmm. that's, that's sounds bad. Well, I mean, it sounds actually, it sounds amazing in some ways, but sounds bad and a lot of mm. other maybe more ways than than it. it's a yeah. double-edged sword as they say it's a but double i down sword i <laughs> double down sword <laughs> um <laughs> the other thing that i i want to touch on just really briefly is some updated stuff about the nirvana baby uh so interesting that around the same time that he uh sues the estate the 30th anniversary super duper extra special deluxe reissue of Nevermind comes out. Yeah. Like around the same time. Yeah. They're remastering it again. Yeah. How many times does Nevermind need to be remastered? I thought it sounded zero good. times as far exactly. as exactly. I mean, okay, but I was actually wrong um about the amount he's seeking because it's true he's seeking 150,000 at a minimum from each of the defendants right. in the suit, including Dave Grohl, Chris Novoselic, the estate of Kurt Cobain and mm-hmm. the photographer. Mm-hmm. And so that would actually total $2,550,000. Okay. So anyway, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I just uh, kind of wanted to correct myself from, I don't mm. know, what was that? Two or three episodes mm-hmm. back that we talked about that. Yeah. I still stand uh, by the position, though, that, um, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I think he kind of deserves that money in a way. Yeah. You know, well, it wasn't uh, wasn't the news this week is that he wanted his um, packaging removed from the packaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, too. That, too. <laughs> so um, so will he drop the lawsuit if they Photoshop his wang out? It's a good question, but. You know, Walmart's already ahead of the game. They did that all the way back in the nineties. I mean, they <laughs> they they photoshopped his wang, and then also on in utero, they changed the name of the song "Rape Me" yeah. to "Wafe Me." Oh yeah, I so remember that. Walmart already beat him to that. Um, 
So I guess that he doesn't need to worry about Walmart, yeah, but it's not. all these other retailers. Hmm. What's he going to do about them? I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Does it really need to have a, a baby wiener on there anyway? Like what's the deal? Yeah. I, I mean, don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, that is, a, that is an interesting question. I mean, the whole, what I get from the, from the meaning of the cover is he's chasing after the dollar, which right. I think was Nirvana's or maybe Kurt's sort of commentary on the fact that they like sold out, you know, mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. That, well, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe if we're looking at what the cover means and things, maybe, maybe it's because they were exposed or something. You yeah, know, that's true. We can, that's true. We can read into it a million different ways, but it I really would have could. never thought, man, this cover's really missing something. I think it needs a <laughs> baby on it. No, I I just don't think I would have noticed. I agree. It just had yeah. never been there. But yeah, the, the cover, I don't think the cover is missing anything by not having no. it on there. But I mean, you know, they left it in and now they gotta give up the cash. <laughs> you gotta give up the cash, man. You gotta give up that wiener cash. That's two that's million right. dollars. Yep. That's how I made all my money. Um, I mean, I just pose nude a lot. <laughs> yeah. Is that going to be the cover of your next album? <laughs> Me swimming nude? Yeah. Jesus Christ. It would be banned. Yeah. 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 Well, I don't know. <laughs> Why would. would it be banned? Well, they would make up new laws. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, maybe we really need to crack down on this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this has gone too far. Yes. This is... This is the uh, two live crew of um, two live hairy dudes records. <laughs> two live crew of big hairy dudes records. Well, <laughs> at least it wouldn't be me posing nude in an album cover. So, <laughs> you know. Uh, well, but, maybe we should just all all do all nude. <laughs> do it all. In in uh, solidarity with the uh, Spencer Spencer's it, baby wiener. It becomes a. Um, it it's becomes a like. Yeah, it becomes a movement in Iowa. Yeah, let's think about that, uh, people of the Iowa music scene. Oh, boy. so uh, anyway. Oh, there they are. Hello. 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 Hi. Hey, what's up? Hi, it's me, Claire. How's it going? How's it going, Claire? Good. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Good. Uh, figuring out this Zoom thing because I've managed to not do that this entire oh, wow. pandemic. I know. Nice job. Wow. Thank you. Well, you're doing great. So we have Cal and Claire from Dryad on the line. They are, well, two fourths. That's one half. I know. I know third grade math um, <laughs> of Dryad. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason I asked that way is because it seems like you've had a couple of lineup changes over time. Um, Very true. Yeah, we were yeah. A, a three piece for for a couple years. Right. Yeah. So that leads, I guess, directly into my first question, which is, how did you guys get together? How did Dryad start, and all that, the history, all that. Yeah. Um, great well, Nickelodeon show, by the way. Oh yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, great '90s reference. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got together actually cal was trying to resurrect uh his other band um 
and he needed a bassist mm-hmm. and <laughs> I had never played bass before, but I played guitar. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of figured it out. And so we were doing that for a while and we actually uh, played a gig at the lighthouse. If you guys remember that house venue from several years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, here in Iowa City. And then past that point, uh, we started writing kind of crustier songs that mm-hmm. just didn't quite fit in with the the old Doomy kind of band that mm-hmm. Cal was trying to do. So hence Dry began. Cool. Yeah. And so originally it was just the two of you. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, it, it started as... A, a power trio kind of originally and that that was what we kind of we always wanted to you know have that basis mm-hmm. just the guitar bass drum kind of thing uh we wanted to make something kind of heavier but some of the drummers we had uh we had a couple different drummers before mm-hmm. we settled on the, this guy oliver who we play yeah. with now uh this the, the first the <laughs> first couple of drummers were uh you know with metal it's like in Iowa, it's like, oh, I like metal. Well, I like I like this band, and I like. Uh, it could be one whole other end of the spectrum, and right. I think that really affects the sound. You know, some people some people are like, I don't mm-hmm. want to go fast, and some people are like, I just want to go slow, or you know. Right. Mm-hmm. So eventually, yeah, we we started off with like kind of in the shadows of that. We're like, oh, if we if we gig under this moniker, maybe we'll get more gigging opportunities. Uh, mm-hmm. But then we changed the name and uh basically because we didn't want to some of the former members of the band that that we were using that name from they were like oh so we want to start playing again we're like um well not necessarily we kind of just like want to just play as a new thing altogether and Mm -hmm. so yeah and then we finally got a, a steady drummer uh david who was a student and he's the guy who we recorded the first couple of demos with yeah before he graduated and moved away gotcha mm-hmm. so right now then it's oliver on drums and joe on bass joe plays bass okay plays bass. not drums yeah and oliver yeah. plays guitar and death kill and overdrive oliver, yeah plays everyone drums can just play guitar. everything that's cool yeah yeah i mean that's the dream when we when we were a three-piece me and cal would uh switch guitar and bass throughout mm-hmm. our sets um which i kind of miss but you know <laughs> So then you both you both play guitar now then is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so cool. um now we both play guitar and uh Joe's on bass. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I do have this secret dream that we all just uh do a little rotating like a rotating set. Right. Cool. <laughs> it has been cool to sit down and like it has been kind of cool to like sit down and and focus on our individual instruments for once and just kind of like write right. a record knowing mm-hmm. our our play. I think that's been cool for Joe and Oliver who are this is the first record we've done with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the first songs you've written with them. Mm-hmm. So we actually have a little, we have a small amount of material, enough for uh, Corey Peak to give us a little anthology tape. But like yeah. that material, no, Joe and Oliver are hardly on it if they are at all. And uh, okay. so this is the first thing we sat down and wrote with them, I think. Yeah. Sure. Cool. So when you guys first started the band, um, who are some of your, uh, I guess, inspirations for the sound? I, I hear a lot of uh, kind of black metal thrash and stuff like that. But then I also hear some of the atmospheric 
sounds like I know Claire, I know that you're uh you do some synth stuff like solo. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. And so That's I hear, a- I hear a lot of, a lot of stuff kind of in this metal genre. Um, uh, so who are some of your guys' inspirations, uh, as, particularly when you started the band Dryad? Well, for me, I would say uh, Nausea was a big one. Um, I really liked their lyrics and their like that back and forth style. I always like Wendy O. Williams. Um, she's just hmm. kind of a big influence on me in general. Sure. Um, I really like her her vocals. We're like into like you know like nastier punk metal. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, the plasmatics and stuff like that were oh, great. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but it's. I mean, I will say I think it's evolved a lot too to add more of our. Um, atmospheric and like noise so there's <laughs> noise fixes so yeah yeah dan and eric it's like there's too many influences which is the problem right. like we had a hard time focusing on one kind of stupid subgenre of metal sure we kind, of, we kind of fucked around with or messed around with a couple other things and uh we uh you know but we always kind of wanted to you know have this kind of we'll, we'll, we'll keep it punk rock in some way or another so that's mm-hmm. kind of always been a, a core but yeah, like there's there's some expanse going on with yeah. the sound, and we'll hear it on this this record big time. But we we've hinted at it a little bit with some synthesizer work, and it's just yeah. fun to be in a studio and see what you can do with a record. You know, like we all like yeah. good records. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was Absolutely. thinking I was thinking that earlier. I was listening t- through some stuff, and one thing I liked a lot listening to sort of your evolution. It's <laughs> what I really like about it was like sort of the first things were like a really guttural sort of death metal vocal with um, almost like black metal screaming type vocals that were behind that, like further away. And then sometimes as time moved on, those kind of screamy vocals moved to the front and the death metal vocals are sort of become background. And you know, sometimes the riffs are super like crusty and punk and really straightforward. And then other times they're they're not. They're more like black or death metal. What I like about that is it seems like you guys have just an endless amount of different things to draw upon and the ability to just bring them in or or push them out at your will. And I think it works really well. It's like you, like you said, you don't have to necessarily decide on a genre or a subgenre. It's like you just kind of have the history of death and black metal and grind <laughs> and all this other stuff that you can just sort of draw from. And I think that comes through. That's what I really like the most about listening through everything. So I don't know. I think that's really cool. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's a- it's a lot of it's a lot of fun to play yeah that's really nice of you it's a lot of it's a lot of fun to play this type of thing and i think that's that's where it's all all stems from it's like it's too formulaic it's too fun Mm -hmm. you gotta love it you you gotta love it and uh uh you know that stuff is is second nature to us so it's 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 a lot of it's it it is it is too much fun we we were down to we're down to make albums we're down to write stuff because it's like it's great. Yeah, we like these little pigeonholes of, of, of <laughs> metal subgenres for sure. For sure. And it's like overwhelming how many subgenres there are. 
like yeah it becomes impossible to even explain too you know it's yeah like, I mean, like, uh our, oh. our buddies traffic dust who are coming through on mm -hmm. sunday they're a good example of a band that you know i call them a grindcore band for sure but they also they just love to have a good they just love to play mm -hmm. they like they like all kinds of stuff and they have all kinds of influences and you know it's I know Nate Fetus likes to sing a, a lot of different ways to Sunday. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I think they have, they have a good time with, nice. with that. And that's, that's kind of like the same thing. It's, it's hard to just say like you're a black metal band or you're a mm -hmm. grindcore band or you're a death metal band when, when it's kind of fun to blend them all together and, oh, and for sure. also do it in a punk rock way. <laughs> one, one thing I was going to say was just that I, um, I always feel like, putting a label on what genre you are really limits yourself. Oh yeah. And mm -hmm. so that's one thing I've really tried to avoid to do um, with this band even is kind of let other people put those genre labels on there. But mm -hmm. I, I kind of prefer to just leave it um, open-ended because it does make it so much easier to, to write all these different kinds of songs. For sure. Yeah. And you feel like you're free to write those parts too. Oh yeah. yeah. And I think that's mm -hmm. a great thing that's been going on in the scene lately is I see a lot of bands kind of doing that same thing where they're not just like you guys talk about the different subgenres. We're not just, you know, metal. We're not just punk. We're, you know, kind of this hodgepodge of all these things. You know, mm -hmm. I even see some of these like bands throw like electronic or even hip hop influences in. And I think that's awesome. You know, yeah. just all these different things. Um, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, it hasn't always been that way. Like so much so that when crossover first started, they literally called it crossover. Like it was yeah. that it was yeah. that weird, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. who would you say is the is the definitive crossover band of that era? Well, I mean, Eric referenced the crossover moniker and that label. There's, I think, pretty much any band on that label, any of those things could could be or what is it that i can't remember there's a noise or the combat core combat core maybe that's the one because it's like it's like the animosity record from coc and then mm -hmm. it's like mm, yes. the first uh the first chromags record mm -hmm. and then it's like excel's first album or right and then it's like and then it's like uh then it's like the first DRI thing. Right. Mm -hmm. There's I'm I'm forgetting a few other ones that are pretty mm -hmm. crucial that are like I like more than all of those, which is making me angry. But yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, there's like those those good like eight or nine bands that I, right. and then there are a lot of them are from California too. And most um, of them are from and, like uh, Venice. It seems like yeah, they had yeah. almost <laughs> everyone. They had Beowulf and XL and totally cryptic no slaughter. Uh, uh, neighborhood watch. Yeah, cryptic slaughter. Yeah, yeah. cryptic slaughter were on that. They, they they did one on that imprint that I'm referencing mm -hmm. that I slip in my mind. But yeah, any of those, any of those are a great example. Yeah, I really like uh, the second Chromag's record, Best mm -hmm. Wishes, which is even more thrash oriented because then that's like really like crossover because it really is like a hardcore band that's trying to be metal, which right. happened sure. to, happened to a lot of. Uh, hardcore bands at in the late 80s because they're like i'm guessing they were pushed to sell some kind of metal success i, I don't know and then like because the hardcore mm -hmm. thing was kind of ending towards the late le end of the 80s so they're like oh maybe we'll be a thrash band now or something right uh so you see that with a lot of bands 
And I, yeah. I, love, it. I love it personally. <laughs> yeah, that's also sure. why in all those punk documentaries, you see all the uh, punk rockers when they talk about the years, the years like after 1985 until like, I don't know, 1990. It was like, oh, punk rock sucked. <laughs> it's, because, it's because everybody everybody went metal or crossover. Yeah. There, was, there was just all this really cool metal happening and they're like, hardcore's over. Right. Yep, For sure, yep. like, there's also cool hardcore records in then too, which is funny, I think. Yeah, but, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah some yeah. of those bands, like I can't, I don't even actually know the, I don't know where they stand at all. Like I can't make it out. Like, like a lot of those bands I mentioned, I think it's, it really is just kind of skate punk, like fast thrash stuff, but yeah. they went and added a lot of cool guitar solos and then, then, then it was crossover. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, which sort of, I guess, brings me to um, wanting to ask you, Cal, about Grimtooth's very metal things. It's um, oh, the, yeah, the, the distro. Yeah, the, so this yeah, is sort of an underground distro, sort of based in kind of traditional metal tape trading. Is that a good synopsis? <laughs> that is correct. Uh, okay. it, it pretty much started, you know, when we were gigging around and playing out of state and stuff and buying our friends uh records and stuff and mm -hmm. uh, supporting a lot of our friends who also were putting out records uh for other bands um labels that were starting up and we wanted to you know somehow be involved because I, I figured i always joke about this but i figured uh you know if our, our albums don't sell at shows then somebody else's will uh yeah. so, so it's true <laughs> so we we started hauling these around and, and buying up our friends who we thought rocked we'd play with somebody like oh we like your band we'll buy some of your stuff so we ended up getting a decent collection mm -hmm. and uh i ended up uh scooping up some con connections working um at record stores over the years too with with distributors mm -hmm. so i ended up having a few of my own and then i was like you know what this is kind of fun um but I'm also not a very modern minded guy. I'm kind of a mm -hmm. Renaissance dude, I guess. And yeah. I, I just, to, to, to not be ironic or anything, I just made a physical catalog. Mm -hmm. It's easier for me to keep orders under control there. It's nothing oh, really yeah. that was ever, like, there's no, no monetary uh, supplement like that was ever planning planned for this kind of mm -hmm. thing. So I, I didn't really have like, um cash as a goal for this i just wanted to, to support underground music which is, yeah. is really cool right now for uh metal as it always has been um so yeah i i just i just make the catalog and people sign up mm -hmm. through email and i send you a catalog of uh you know underground music that i have way yeah. too much of and takes up too much space in my girlfriend's house. Yeah, nice. That's yeah. really, really interesting. Um, for one thing, I like the the idea that you did. A, you're doing a physical catalog because uh, that's kind of a lost art, <laughs> if you will. He does the art for him too. He's not going to say that, but he does the art <laughs> nice. for them too. That's awesome. That's and it, it cool. kind of, from what you're describing, it almost reminds me of whenever I hear. I watch a lot of music documentaries, so pardon me if I reference that a lot, but uh, <laughs> like, uh, you know, in the thrash metal documentaries and stuff like that, the early tape trading that was going on, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. even with like some of the bands that became huge, like, you know, Metallica and whatnot, uh, you know, that's how a lot of those bands got their start, mm -hmm. uh, you know, 
almost sounds like an updated version of that in a way, you know? Oh, it, it's wild, guys. Like, a lot of the, the labels that we started to support, like I said, they were our friends' labels, and they were small mm -hmm. at the time. But some of them have gotten pretty decent yeah, with, you know, with a lot cool. of reissues of some, uh, you know, some popular classic releases mm -hmm. or just a lot of hard work. We've, like, watched some of these smaller uh, friends' labels, like, really get out there. And uh, it's pretty cool. But it is. It was just that, yeah. It was like you know, uh, tape trading and supporting other distributors and uh, buying a lot of buying directly from bands and mm -hmm. uh, trading with people overseas that I knew to get stuff. Uh, I wanted to have like, I always like seeing a distro at a show. I know, I don't know if mm -hmm. you guys do too, and it's it's cool oh, yeah. to, to have more shit to buy. You know, you get mm -hmm. a. I, I yeah not always sometimes you don't want to buy the band's record but if, if they have like a bunch of like uh you know hellenic black metal you know reissues yeah. from the from the late 80s that's pretty tight i, I might want that more <laughs> no right. band, but uh absolutely yeah. so it's it's a lot of fun for me too it's just like nice. my expansion of my collection but yeah it takes up a little too much space now right <laughs> yeah the first when i saw that um when i first saw that you were doing that it just reminded me so much of um, just the fanzines from when I was into metal, which would have been the very <laughs> late 80s. <laughs> um, but it reminded me of those um, fanzines and even like the back of like Metal Maniacs where people would um, mm -hmm. list a distro and list a bunch of stuff that they have. And it just, uh, yeah, it was awesome. So when I first saw it, I was like, oh, man, I can't believe someone's doing this. And I can't believe they're doing <laughs> it in my town, you know. I, I, uh, so I, I ended up having this massive mail order list of basically people have been really supportive over the years of bands. Eric, you're definitely on there uh, for different reasons. But <laughs> it's uh, I ended up having this massive list, which is kind of creepy and kind of weird. But it's like <laughs> people made multiple purchases. Maybe you'd randomly get one of these stupid catalogs in your mailbox. Mm. And just like, oh, here's more dumb shit to buy from this band. Because nice. there's a lot of repeat offenders. Yeah. <laughs> uh, people have been supportive over the years. We call them the loyal orcish horde. Uh, they're, they're, they're the people who always buy our t-shirts and buy our tapes and our records nice. and CDs. Yeah, more than that, they're the people who like helped us at helped us a lot. Show so, that like help us load in. Yeah, they yeah. like loan us a vehicle. Yeah, yeah. they're very helpful. Like, we need honestly, a lot of help. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like we wouldn't be anywhere without our, our friends and we always, especially always, here in yeah. Iowa City. We, so we totally consider the band not us, but that it's yeah. everybody that is is supporting us and uh, keeping us afloat and making it. You know, because I I definitely know the feeling of like having you know, working really hard on music, recording music, whether I was in college or whatever, mm -hmm. and uh, recording, working really hard on music, but also not getting gigs or nobody right. caring about the music I was making or buying, which is, it doesn't really deter you from, you know, making art, but it is mm -hmm. really nice to people that, uh, like yourselves, who, who asked us to do the this uh, this podcast, like oh, yeah, we, we like to support, we appreciate, yeah. uh, we appreciate it. It's cool. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. No, it's always awesome to see you guys on a bill. I don't, it sucks. I started to not go to as many shows like right before the pandemic. And then I couldn't go to any no. shows. And now I'm just like, I'm going to all the freaking shows, but I'm always excited to see when you guys are playing. So hopefully I can. Are you coming? Well, geez, that one this we've Sunday a, with that band yeah. traffic. I know. We were speaking I, know. I am going to be one. out of town, but yeah, I was going to mention Bummer. that show. Um, 
It's a mall and traffic death. Yeah. You guys. Yeah. And Gord and uh, Brace. Is that right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. That Do you know the all of them? So traffic death are good friends. We play with them quite a bit. They're mm-hmm. the mainstays of the uh, Iowa extreme metal scene for a long time. I'm sure you guys, they need no mm-hmm. introduction. If you guys are familiar with black market fetus, Nate fetuses. Yeah. Sure. Earlier, man, this is basically that. Now, uh, he got both the Schmelzer brothers back together, and now that's okay. the lineup that they just recorded a new record, which they're supporting and playing some gigs off, which is great to see those guys out and about. It's hard to get them out of Des Moines now because they're a little older, but mm-hmm. they they freaking rule uh, live when they when they. It's kind of like a you know when they get that they get the right punch going on, they they really destroy. And so they're playing, and then Gordon Brace are from Chicago. Cool. And they are uh, they're supporting uh, a new EP that they just released, like literally last week or something, oh, or nice. it's dropping this week. So no, they're they're, they're playing out. a couple of dates around that, and then Mall are good friends from Fargo, uh, mm-hmm. North Dakota, and they are uh, a really strong act that pretty much if if, if anybody's seen them before, they're probably going to come back again. They're they're kind of a crossover of. Uh, uh, you know, kind of like a deathcore thing, but with way more death metal oriented and, you know, dedicated vocalist, mm-hmm. you know, two guitarists. It's a great, it's a great thing. Yeah, they're going to really they're, destroy. Uh, they're hot in the underground right now. So. Yeah, yeah. They're hot. Awesome. You know, yeah, that should be a good show. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a good show. I'm excited. I, I'm i not sure when we're going to play again, just, you know, because of everything. Right. Uh, but... Uh, gonna, yeah, gonna play bummer, a lot of tunes off our, our far uh, forthcoming uh, record yeah i'm uh, i'm excited we got to play one outdoor show at wake brewing this mm-hmm. past summer um which was really cool we've played songs from the new album like uh just a couple times because we had that yeah. show and then we had a house show here in iowa city where you tore the ceiling um, out yeah <laughs> oh man that, that was cool I, that, I know that might be my favorite house show ever because how do I top that you know yeah yeah the pictures were great too so oh yeah uh Zach Newman took some really yeah. nice uh photos <laughs> the night yeah that was it was so nice to see a lot of uh familiar faces there that was yeah, sort of a water like blast moment it was like very cathartic it really was, it was- I I enjoyed it because um i had this moment where i was like i don't know any of these people which was like (laughs) kind of weird but then i realized it's it's a bunch of kids like all the new kids and stuff that are moving into town and um i just think it's so great that they're you know they're still coming out to shows and that i do think there's um there's still gonna be like a new generation of DIY punks. Yeah, that's the <laughs> thing about this town that oh, yeah. I, I love is just that it, it never ends. You only no, like every I, I don't think four or five years, it's like, oh, that's the end of the scene. No more scene. <laughs> and then like a new batch of like three bands will come along. And they might be like yeah. hardcore or they might be metal or they might be noise or whatever. Mm-hmm. And sort of everyone else is just kind of like, oh, well, I can do that. And then you have a bunch of shows happen and it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. But yeah, the scene dies <laughs> and is reborn every like four to five years. So it's, mm-hmm. it's nice. 
You know? Man, I'm going to have to get out of my muscatine shell and come see you guys. <laughs> oh, sure. I mean, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a good you time. Should go. I feel like- I, I've only seen you guys once and that it was uh, one of your- we, we played in the kid. Like no, we- Dan, come on, dude. Didn't we we play played with you, you man. Played- <laughs> no, no, that's, that's the only time I saw you guys. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, we played with abnormal man and Zoom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, abnormal, yeah. no, yeah. That, that but was, I think that was the only time I've show. actually seen you guys live. Oh, and wow. That, that was a while ago. Yeah, yeah, it was a long, long time ago. But see, I'm like the college drummer, the college kid drummer. <laughs> college yeah, kid well, because yeah. that was like one of your first shows. Where was that at? Yeah, that's I what I it was at Gabe's. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Oh, it was wow. Zool and... yeah, that, was, that was good. That was fun. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, man. I yeah, I haven't been to a show in. I'm thinking the last show I went to was probably a year before the pandemic. So oh, wow. I'm really missing out. Yeah. I'm, I'm you just did that preempt. I'm old too. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I get it. I mean, I honestly, I always tell people like if I weren't playing these shows, it would mm-hmm. be really hard to get me to go. I, the, the more the, the 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 poor, the more poorly planned, the more awkward the show, the better. Oh yeah. That's oh, yeah. great. <laughs> Absolutely. Just utter chaos. The more or, chaos. Yeah. I like the really spontaneous ones that just kind of happen like, oh, shoot, that's happening in two days. Yeah. Oh, there's no flyer or poster. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. Yeah. Tonight. <laughs> like the sketchiest oh. of circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> this really great man's coming through town you've known for six months and I find out yesterday. Thank you. Yeah. The guy yeah, who right. booked the show is uh, getting into the venue with a crowbar. <laughs> you guys mentioned recording tomorrow. tomorrow we're going in it's, for a vocal session yeah we got so we have our last recording session tomorrow which cool right yeah right so you have all the that. tracking done just vocals left yeah literally oh. vocals and, the majority uh, of it done mm-hmm. then i've been working on um the sense here at home yeah. we've which been, has been fun. cool we've been working on this record for like two years total nice right <laughs> The pandemic set us back um, quite a lot, mm-hmm. so. But it's dope, and uh, we're really excited yeah. when it's going to finally drop, which will probably take another year. Uh, With the way vinyl's <laughs> yeah. going, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, we've been working hard on it in one way or another for like two years. And that's been with uh, Joe and Oliver, right? Yeah, this yeah. is the first full-length thing. Yeah, we, we've right. written together as a band, cool. and. Well, Claire actually demoed the entire thing and uh, hmm. about, you know, during the pandemic, we mm-hmm. we really had some time to kind of uh, nitpick and, and get it kind of exactly where we wanted it nice. with every aspect of it, art and, you know, cut some songs here, add some right. here and... You know, we're, we, it's getting, it's pretty cool when something, when you realize some kind of like art project and it comes out to be what you kind of had in mind in the first place. It's, it's surprising, like, oh, yeah. right? Like, yeah, it is. As really an artist, I usually don't get it right because either I started out wrong and just had a, fo- a poor foundation or I didn't yeah. know when to stop and I ruined it. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's my problem. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think the, the artist, speaking of art and artists, uh, <laughs> yeah. the artist, <laughs> the artist showed uh the artist showed us the art the, the art uh, uh about six months ago and mm-hmm. it was like yeah once again like this is too close to exactly what i had in mind Only that's better. cool so, who's doing the art 
Joe Joe Kierman. Okay. Uh, Nightmare imagery. Nightmare imagery. Nice. A, a yeah. Local local yokel who's yeah. uh, doing a lot of work for. He's a really hardworking guy. He does a lot of like album work for a ton of bands all over the country. Also very hot on the underground mm. scene. Yeah. For sure. That's awesome. And so, so this, this show was actually co-sponsored by Joe, Joe and I, Gray Metal Things, and Joe's Nightmare Imagery, uh, which is something that we're going to try to do more of, where he's going to try nice. to bring in like some good acts, some good regional acts, mm-hmm. and we're going to try to find some good local support and put on some really fun extreme metal shows. But this will That's be awesome. a metal focus because uh, of his like his background with uh, mm-hmm. doing a lot of art for some of these bands. So, oh, for sure. Yeah. Sure. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is kind of yeah we 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 this is co-sponsored by by Joe this 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 Sunday event that we we're cool. discussing. That's awesome. Okay. So awesome. Um, Claire, you said that you've been doing the synths at home. Is that right? Yeah. Um, Luke actually let me borrow one um, hmm. to take home and use, which was a lot of fun. This little uh, profit. Um, oh. I don't know if you guys. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, a okay. synth, uh, synthaholic, I think is the actual, no, yeah, that's called. I, I I'm a synth be. enthusiast. So um, I am a synth cool. beginner, but I'm <laughs> becoming, I'm becoming a synthaholic. I yeah, am right there with you, Dan. I <laughs> honestly, um, gear and electronics terrify me. Like I, mm. I don't understand them. Um, and I avoided using pedals for a really long time. Uh, exactly because like anything that is electronic can and will malfunction yeah um (laughs) but uh i've had a lot of time during this pandemic to yeah work on synths a lot um nice and then this past march uh i did the Inglert stages series Mm -hmm. right um which was very cool and a lot of fun it's kind um, of weird though, isn't it? <laughs> it? Oh yeah, it was very bittersweet because I, you know, I can't believe I got to play on that stage, right. but um, not having mm-hmm. anyone there, it, like it was a yeah, it was very just kind of like, yeah, you know, it's is it real? But then it was extremely anxiety-inducing to wait for mm-hmm. several months, so March to August, so how yeah. many months that. To like yeah, see how you did. <laughs> yeah, well, I at that point I, you know, pretty much forgotten everything except for the key mistakes I knew that I'd made. Right. And was, yeah. oh, I yeah. that's all I remembered. So <laughs> it was um it was interesting for sure. Yeah. But, and you have another uh, show coming up too on the October twenty eighth. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, the yes. Uh, feed me it, weird uh, things. Mm-hmm. presents yes. and it's with john uh, mueller is that right i believe it's mueller yes i don't know john kid. mueller do you uh he is a percussionist okay um only listened to a little bit but i know he's he's been around for a long time and he was part of the band volcano flyer hmm. uh, which is this indie band back in the early 2000s okay <laughs> but uh yeah i'm excited for that i'm actually really excited because i've learned a lot since then and i i feel like mm-hmm. i've kind of leveled up um nice that last performance gotcha uh, so I'm really how would you describe what you do for people listening oh oh i would say uh it's like a little bit john carpenter style right that's um, what i, I thought too so that's um, awesome 
there's definitely elements of that um, even in the Silurian age, which is mm-hmm. kind of when I started messing with putting synths on the dryad stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where I started to hear a lot of those atmospherics and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I really, I mean, Cal kind of had to convince me to turn those up. I, mm-hmm. um, it's it's one of those things where it took me a long time to come around to the idea that anybody would even want to listen to, you know, synthesizer music. <laughs> what? Oh, you mean on your own stuff? I in Dryad, it just came off to me as like fairly traditional black metal kind of i know it's yeah i mean you know and that's awesome so i think i was really happy at at the end it it was just one of those things where it mostly because we hadn't done it before yeah like i think like people with like sometimes people in like hardcore or something or like people in metal they can get like this this idea that like having other elements in your band take away Mm -hmm. from some kind of extremity that you're doing by just playing guitar bass and drums or screaming which is a, a kind of a weird take because to me, like the best qualities of, of some of, of some of these recordings are in the post-production, mm-hmm. which adds a lot of, uh, of texture. And that's what it was always about was like adding the texture with oh, the synthesizers sure. or yeah. the noise guitars or the mm-hmm. effects or like pedal board worship, you know, that's yeah. all just like to make it a more interesting sound, you know, yeah. You yeah. get caught up and you're like, oh, I don't want to be an atmospheric black metal band or right. I don't want to be like, <laughs> right. it's like, it's not about that. It's just like, make a good cut, make a cool record, make yeah. a cool song. Like, right. Yeah. Do you guys, do you guys bring those in very often when you perform live? Like, I don't think I've seen. You no, that's, so that's one thing that I've been trying to figure out is mm-hmm. uh, how, how to incorporate the sense live um because it is i will say that i think that it's a very different experience to hear us live versus uh the album especially like the the new album it's it's one of those things that i quite figured out how to how to master playing two instruments right did you guys always have a desire to include the synth element to the group even from the very oh, beginning? Cal, Cal is nodding yes. I <laughs> um, I mean, synths and piano are something that I've loved and um, messed with since I was a kid, but I... Remember I brought in the little keyboard when we were yeah. recording the first record. We didn't get to use it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just, I literally got teased for it so much when I was a kid oh. that I was just like, there's no way someone will think it's cool. She's just like really good at keyboards too, which is like, I was like, how can we use this in the band? And I oh, feel yeah. like this, this record, like now, like the, the best aspect of our musicianship is going to be shown because Claire is like amazing at keyboards and stuff, right. which is wild. And, but And I have seen a couple of piano things that you've posted too that seemed really horror, like score-esque to me. <laughs> Actually, yeah. one of them, I like you posted and said, what horror theme is this? I racked my brain for maybe like three or four days. I was just like, I didn't get it. What was it? You think it's creepers? It's yeah, a, it's phenomena. It's creepers. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, have you thought about bringing any of that in as well, like piano, or is it? Mostly- oh, you'll hear it. Yeah, 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 okay. absolutely. There's cool. You're gonna dig it. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kind of let it go a little bit more. Yeah, it's there's. It was a big focus and I think like 
when she was like doing all the demoing mm-hmm. of it, it was like a huge, huge aspect of it was like how, because to me, it's just, it's just a, it's kind of like a spooky element. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm, I'm, you know, you don't try to be like contrived with it. You know, you're not like, you don't, you're not like uh, Emerson, Lake and Palmer and you have like right. a triple rack looking, you know, not yet. like <laughs> keyboard surrounding you, you know, like, right. it's just sounds like, like it's coming. Yeah, on the other hand, it just it just adds so much to the black. Metal, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're really excited to get it out there. Yeah, whenever that may be. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, I wish It'll that be. I could make it on Sunday because everyone's going to have a blast. I'm going to be oh. so jealous. This will be my first FOMO experience since the pandemic started. I think. Oh, no. <laughs> oh don't say that it's gonna be an amazing show everyone everyone (laughs) listening should go i really i i do think it's gonna be super fun i i think we need a a heavy show around here absolutely it's been a while yeah yeah this 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 is definitely like a showcase we were kind of like billing it as like a showcase of midwest heaviness for sure Mm -hmm. like all the acts are really interesting i'm excited to see the band from chicago i think their mm-hmm. their uh new release sounds really cool mm-hmm. and the, yeah the fargo band is really really solid mall uh they're very good mm-hmm. and cool. uh i we we i think claire and i say we we often say that traffic death is probably our favorite metal band in the mm-hmm. state if that's fair to say where where are they from des moines okay they're from des moines oh that yeah that's right the black market fetus yeah yeah basically black gotcha. market fetus yeah um really, really fun like horror themed mm-hmm. fast core uh yeah well you guys have a good show on sunday like i said i'll try to, to be there if i can and and dan is totally gonna be there <laughs> same here so yeah absolutely yeah this was fun this was yeah. a lot of fun yeah, guys. so yeah. thanks again and we'll see you guys soon then all right. All right. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. So that brings us to your upcoming shows and releases for this week. Um, there's quite a few more than last week and some really cool stuff. Um, Sam Lockward and Mike Watt will have a new release coming out on October 1st. That's all the info I have. I know that Sam puts everything on Bandcamp though so you should go there and it looks like that's probably Bandcamp Friday so I would say if you're going to buy it buy it then because then Sam gets all that sweet Bandcamp cash Um, (laughs) but yeah it's S-L-W-C-C Watt so they'll have a new release out Um, there is a show happening at the Gas Lamp on that same Friday, October 1st, Gas Lamp in Des Moines. And I don't know these bands, but they're playing there. So 404, Display Case, Three Finger Betty, and The Slow Retreat. Like I said, I can't Hmm. tell you either way uh, what they sound like, but um, it was posted on a Des Moines punk rock Facebook group. And so I would guess it's punk rock. Uh, Anthony Warden and the Illiterati and Alex Rush will be at Gabe's on October 1st, on that Friday. So if you're in Iowa City or Des Moines, you have some options there. Saturday, the 2nd, we have Death Kill Overdrive, and they are playing at the IC Pride Fest in Iowa City. 
Um, that's just going to be like downtown in Iowa City, and it's going to be all day on Saturday. Their set, though, is from 4.15 to 5.15. So check out Death Kill Overdrive because they are awesome. That night also in Iowa City, Ryan O'Ryan, uh, whom I don't know, but Jordan Sellergren is playing and Dave Helmer is playing. Dave Helmer is of Crystal City. Um, and Jordan Sellergren, uh, she does sort of like Americana stuff, reverby kind of stuff so that's great and that'll happen at gabe's on the second uh that night feed me weird things is presenting angel bat daweed i don't know if there's a local opener or not probably not um but i really like to support the feed me weird things series because they bring a lot of really cool stuff to the area that'll be at trumpet blossom in iowa city on sunday the third in rock island third avenue and 21st street which i don't even know if that's downtown or whatever i don't go to rock island very often but that's the lowland community block party i think it starts at 10 and there's all kinds of stuff happening that day john burns will be selling some art there john burns was a guest on our show a while back Mm -hmm. and bob bucko jr will be playing some music too and bob bucko jr is awesome mall traffic death our guests Dryad and Gord Embrace will all be playing at Gabe's in Iowa City on October 3rd. And then on Thursday, since our show comes out on Thursday, I thought I might mention this now so you have don't just have a short notice. The River City Collective is presenting Hail the Sun, Kurt Travis, Koanashi, Body Thief, and Bouquet. That's at the mm. Village Theater in Des Moines. So... That's all the stuff that I could find that's coming up. And that's, so that's quite a bit of options to go out there and see some music. So, yeah, that's, um, that, that's quite a few, uh, good events coming up. It sounds like, um, please, if you get a chance, everybody, uh, you know, go check out, uh, one of these shows and support your local scene. Always a good thing to do for sure. So, well, that, wraps up this episode doesn't it eric yeah that's it it's been a week it's been a week and (laughs) one heck of a week please stay away from that uh kfc that is illegal yeah unless you got a fast car yeah unless you got a fast car like uh (laughs) tracy chapman Or Mad Max, but or yeah, Mad Max. Yeah. Way. But yeah, uh, move to a state where KFC is legal. That's yeah. all you got to do. That's it. So have a good week, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Yeah, yeah. I, I, no, Dan. Come on, dude. Did,